Hi, this is Sarah Grady. Welcome to another episode of The Estruin Gradient. The Estruin Gradient is a podcast of the North and South Rivers Watershed Association and the Massachusetts Bay's National Estuary Program, South Shore Region. You can get in touch with The Estruin Gradient on Twitter, at Estruin Gradient, or uh, at the NSRWA's Twitter, at NSRWA. Or you can also send me an email at sarah at nsrwa.org. And uh, I'm always looking for topics and questions, so definitely feel free to get in touch with me. The sound of a plow and salt truck is a familiar one in Massachusetts in the winter, as well as throughout New England and all parts of the country, where snow falls and the roads ice over. I'm sure we've all been behind a truck as we watch salt spread on the roads and notice how much of it seems to bounce away. Where does this salt end up? Well, salt, which could be sodium chloride like the salt on your table, but also magnesium chloride or calcium chloride, dissolves in water so it can be a major component of stormwater runoff entering our streams. It also easily soaks into the ground and into groundwater. So what's the impact of all this salt winter after winter? According to a recent article by William Hintz and his co-authors Laura Fay and Rick Relier that was published in Frontiers in Ecology and the Environment and featured in the New York Times at the beginning of January, freshwater salinity has increased dramatically due to road salt. Local towns like Norwell have experienced issues with increased conductivity, a measurement of ions like chloride, in their town wells. The third herring brook between Norwell and Hanover was a study site for Boston College, looking at increases in freshwater conductivity due to road salt. In our streams, it can affect the survival and reproductive success of organisms, and it also has negative consequences for infrastructure like bridges that can corrode not to mention the wear and tear on our cars. That said, it's an effective way to treat our roads and keep them safe. I spoke with two local DPW directors to get more information on how they approach treating their roads and how they've tried to modify their approach to have less impact on the environment and the town's budget. My name is Kevin Cafferty. I am the DPW director of Situate. Tell me a little bit about how Situate approaches treating the roads in the winter. Um, basically the way we look at the roads, we treat from the ground up. So we pay close attention to our weather services. We have a weather service that we signed up for that gives us specific forecasts for situate. We look at the road temperatures and we look at the condition of the roads as well as potential snow and potential precipitation and make decisions on how we treat it. Um, We take a lot of our guys, we actually send them to like a snow school. We take classes in snow and ice removal um, anytime that they're available. Uh, We take them through our insurance company as well as outside organizations. Our thought process is to pre-treat as much as possible, treat the roadways, and then, you know, treat and plow as, as needed as things go. 
So a lot of what we do is we have a brine system that we bring out and we use that to pre-treat the roads prior to a storm. What other products do you use on the road? We make our own brine. We also have admixtures because we can treat some of our salt as well as treat some of the brine when necessary if it's going to be cold out because believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe, but below 20 degrees or even 15 degrees, salt becomes non-effective and can actually cause more problems because it'll start to ice up the roadway. So what we'll do is under those circumstances, we would add a product um, that has magnesium chloride and calcium chloride in it, which lowers the temperature um, of the salt so that it'll work below zero. If I'm remembering correctly, Situate does something somewhat innovative with the way that you apply. Um, I don't know if it's the brine or the salt where you kind of do a striping. So that's our brine system. And um, one of the other things that, that people like is when we do treat either our brine or our salt, that also has molasses in it. So when that goes out onto the road, some people have said it smells like cookies. The brine goes out on the road. We pre-treat the road. We can pre-treat it up to 48 hours prior to a storm event. Um, and the idea is it's not going to take care of all the snow, but it breaks up that initial adhesion that forms between the road and the snow so that when it does plow, it comes off black and wet as opposed to with a little, a little scale of ice on the roadway surface itself. And you have a major roadway that cuts right through the town's surface water supply. So how do you manage concerns about salt entering the water supply? So that's a great one. We don't do anything on that one. That's actually a state road. So the state takes care of that road. And, you know, we, we work with the state the best we can to keep the salt amount low on that. What parts of town generally cause you the most issues? For us, it's in the West End. And the reason the West End gives us the biggest issues because it's some of the hilliest sections of town. We also have some, some other hills in town that are tricky, but we, you know, we, we hit those accordingly as our first priorities when, when we uh, are deployed. Where is salt stored in town? So at the highway barn, we have a salt shed and we store all our salt in the salt shed. It's covered, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't leak. There's always a potential for um, leakage as well as sand spillage as the trucks are being loaded. Yeah. How long have you been the DPW director? I believe I started in Situate, I think in 2008 or 2009. But since I've got here, I've worked at innovative snow fighting techniques. How have things changed since you first arrived? Well, when I first arrived, we used a salt and sand mixture, and we also used a lot of sand. So when I first got here, we had to do an education process for our guys, as well as our, our superintendents, train them on how to fight the snow. I just showed them initially, at the time, you'd pay $10 a ton for sand. And you'd say, well, that's a lot cheaper than $43 a ton for salt. But when you consider the costs of the sand, then the sand gets on the roadway, it can get out into the waterways, it can get into the catch basins, um, it doesn't necessarily dissolve, then you have to go out, clean that up, pick it up, then you have to dispose of all that sand that you pick up, the cost easily goes over the $43 for the salt. The biggest thing that we have put into place is we try to pre-wet our salt. 
And we also calibrate all our equipment. We do calibrations every year that wasn't really occurring before to the extent it was the thought process might've been the more salt, um, you know, the clearer the roadway. But what we do is when you look at the science of it, and, and this is gonna sound really strange and, you know, please don't laugh too hard, but when the salt goes out and hits the road from the truck, you're looking at probably 60% of that salt bouncing off and landing on people's front lawns or landing in different salt areas because it goes, it goes all over the place. So one of the things that we do is we added saddlebags to some of our trucks. And what we do is we fill those saddlebags with brine. So we actually have an injector as the salt is coming out of the chute, it's getting sprayed with the brine, which wets the salt. So the idea is that the salt is wet and when it hits the ground, it'll stick to the ground instead of bouncing off as if it was dry. Pre-wetting uh, with the brine also helps on that. That directly goes onto the roadway and it dries onto the roadway and people see the little lines as well as almost like a white powdery coating. That's the salt already adhered to the roadway. So when we pre-treat the roadways, it's not bouncing off into the side on people's lawns or in potential wetlands areas or anything to that effect. So we can minimize the amount of salt we do that saves us money as well as um, the usefulness that all the salt that we're putting out is applied on the roadway. Are there any places in town where you are restricted from using salt? Like no salt we have, zones? We have some low salt zones that we try to you know, we try to adhere to. Are those near some of the streams? Is that why they're low salt? It, it would be near a stream or, or near uh, potential water areas, yes. You know, we have such variable winters um, in, I guess, what you might consider an average winter. <laughs> How much uh, salt and sand would you say that you end up using? Sand very minimally because we, we don't use a lot of sand. I, I don't think it's all that effective. Um, we do do a salt sand mixture that we give out to, typically we give out to residents um, when they get a little bit of salt and sand. Um, the reason is it's fine for your driveway, but, but not necessarily the roadway. And you don't need pure salt going on a walkway or your, or your driveway. You know, it varies per year. Um, last year wasn't a very big winter, but we were called out for ice a lot. So you know, we might be around 2000 tons of salt, you know, it'll, it'll vary every year. Um, I assume you're part of coordinating with the superintendent and determining, you know, if the roads are safe. Exactly. We work last night, uh, superintendent Mike Breen was in conversation with the police. He got a call about two o'clock in the morning that it was starting to ice up. The police have the cars on the road at two o'clock in the morning, and they will notify us if something happens that gets icy. So last night was a good example of them calling us up at two, telling us the problem. And we deployed our equipment and went and sanded the entire town. So when everybody get up in the morning, went to go to school, the roads were safe to drive on. How do you deal with parking lots? Any differently than the roads? Sure. It depends on the parking lot. If it's, say, the high school parking lot or the library parking lot, um, we have special trucks that are designed to go to the parking lots. They might have a little reduced salt that they put out. They're calibrated slightly different. We usually use a smaller truck in those areas because it's easier to get around. I know this is a little bit outside of your purview, but do you know anything about how private businesses manage their parking lots? Just from what I've seen, it, it depends on the company. Some are 
are really up to date and others others aren't. I mean, we all walk into just say, for example, a Target or a Walmart or something and see piles of salt all over the roadway. Um, and it, it depends on the calibration of their equipment and how well the equipment's kept up to speed. Anything else you'd like to add? You know, the only thing I would add is, is we take, you know, fighting snow very seriously. The good thing about what we do to save salt is one, it's not the greatest for the environment. It gets into the waterways, um, but also it costs money. It's, it's part of a budget. And if we can save, you know, anything we save is a cost savings to the town as well as the environment. So it, it works hand in hand. That doesn't necessarily always happen, but it's, it's good when it does. Thank you so much. No problem. Hi, Sarah. It's a good afternoon on a nice cold Friday, January 22nd. I think it's the 21st. 21st, sorry, <laughs> 1922 or 2022. I'm Glenn Ferguson, the Highway DPW Tree Warden our Director in Norwell. How would you summarize Norwell's road treatment policy? Um, obviously, there's a couple of things that come into to play when we sand and salt and plow the roads in Norwell. Obviously, uh, safety is paramount. Um, one of the goals we try to do in Norwell is uh, we have to make sure emergency and first responders can address the residents of Norwell within its 80 miles of roadways. Uh, the second tier is uh, the schools and the 2,000 to 2,500 students that use our schools on a daily basis during the, uh, the school, which obviously overlaps with the winter. So um, those, are, those are two primary concerns that we have um, regarding putting together a, uh, a what I call a winter condition plowing routes and uh, how we treat the roads. Um, there are a myriad of different options we use in town for treating the roads. Um, obviously, one of the primary things when we have snow that's over an inch or two and uh, we scrape or, or plow. Um, we use uh, different methods for treating the roads. Some of, some of the roads are treated with the uh, calcium chloride or magnesium chloride. We've been using experimental techniques where we try to pre-treat the roads before a storm. They don't always work on different storms, but that's one way of treating the storms. That helps reduce the amount of salt you're going to use. You try to use a combination when it gets colder, like today is a good example of the sodium chloride magnesium and the salt really don't work very well when it gets below 10 15 degrees so we have to introduce a little bit more sand to the to the to the treatment tech uh, technology so it's kind of a, a mixture Sarah, of those types of combinations salt is kind of something new which wasn't around in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s. Uh, salts first started to be used in Minnesota. And they found the use of it. And at the same time, I think in the 60s, they were using a lot of sand. And then the sand kind of has transcended over to uh, more use of salt. There are pluses and minuses to the environment. I notice a lot of Norwell stream basins clogged with sand. And that's, you can almost start on uh, South Street, walking across the street, 
and going down to look at the culverts at the base of the embankment for the bridge abutment. I just cleared them. You couldn't see them uh, a year ago. They were completely filled with sand. So I'm using that kind of as a ramification. That obviously isn't a good thing for the environment. And you try to weigh now the newer generation is more salt, but you have to kind of balance the sand and the salt because salt obviously in, in, in large quantities isn't good for the drinking water and the surrounding uh, groundwater. So it, it's kind of a, we try to do the best we can weighing in safety of the, uh, of the citizens of Norwell with the treatment technology we use and, and also try to be a guardian for the environment. Norwell had some issues with its water. Since I've been here, uh, we've worked really hard. One of the leading causes for salt contamination is the, uh, the storage of it. And right outside our, our office where we're interviewing, I have a new uh, uh, salt shed. So all our salt is contained on a uh, impervious asphalt floor and inside a uh, shed and we can almost store as much as two or 3,000 yards at a time, and no more salt is outside. So that's, salt is, gets into the environment through t transformation into vapor, as well as uh, being mixed in with the water. By having a shed like that, it takes away from uh, that type of contamination. How much salt and or sand do you, do you use typically in a winter? I know you have to budget every winter, and every winter is different. Um, we can use upward of a couple thousand tons a year, um, depending on the on the types of storms we have and the durations of storms. Um, I think we haven't used as much salt the last few years because we haven't had that many snow events. It, it's really hard to tell. So so far this year, Sarah, we've we've had two or three events. Uh, today was an event, so we have to go out. And just put down a layer of uh, sand and salt for the roads because of the uh, ocean effects snow. I try to um, minimize the use of salt and sand by just trying to do the arterials, which are your major thoroughways. Unfortunately, Norwell serves as a cut through, uh, so we have some roads in Norwell that have close to uh, eight to ten thousand cars a day uh, those roads have to get maintained what do you think about the public perception of having roads be clear versus a public perception of, of over treating the roads um that's a good question sir i i find the public perception has changed greatly in the last um, half a dozen years there seems to be Everyone assumes the storm is over, how come the roads aren't cleared immediately, immediate satisfaction. Why, why, are, why am I stuck at home for an hour? I want to be out on the roads immediately after a storm. And this goes a little bit different than the 40s and 50s when you had a snowstorm, you were just stuck inside for a month or a week. Um, nowadays, instant gratification, uh, we get complaints for the weirdest things like some days I wish we didn't do any treatment of any road or any plowing and people just stayed at home or went back to change on their tires, but I don't think we're going to go there. I imagine there's a lot of influence uh, with schools as well and, and buses and whether to call delays and that's snow days question, and that Sarah, kind of thing. That, that's changed a little bit too. 
the newer generation superintendents text and they talk to other superintendents in Hanover and Plymouth and uh, Cohasset and Situate, what are you doing? Before you know it, you know, within 20 minutes, 10 towns have canceled. It certainly helps me as the DPW highway director scheduling my guys. If I know there isn't school, I can plan my my plow routes a little bit differently. I have more time, obviously, to clear the parking lots for the faculty. It gives me a little bit more uh, relaxed when I you know, still have to get stuff uh, plowed out for first responders and emergencies. But it's less of a pressure. Where do you think you sand and salt the most in a town? I'll give you a hint. One's right near your where you are. It's over your bridge. The highway bridges? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because they freeze first. in ice the most. <laughs> right. So bridges freeze first. <laughs> if you wanted to find out where you get the most sand and salt, culverts get the most sand and salt. So you multiply that times 60 years yeah. since we've been sanding and salting. So when you go down to the base of those culverts, you can't see the pipes. Yeah, and you factor in, you know, where you have those highway overpasses. You've also got Mass DOT down below doing yes. their own road treatments, too. Correct. The NSRWA recently partnered with multiple watershed organizations in eastern Massachusetts to apply for funding to study conductivity in our streams. If funded, the project will allow the organizations to deploy conductivity loggers to record how road salt is impacting our streams. On the south shore, we hope to measure conductivity upstream and downstream of Route 3 in Norwell, Kingston, and Plymouth. We look forward to updating you with the results of that study if it moves forward. This has been the Estruin Gradient. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can get in touch with me through Twitter, at Estruin Grady, or through the NSRWA's Twitter, at NSRWA, or you can send me an email at sarah at nsrwa.org.